Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, last week, the U.S. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said that it's time to retire the term transitory when discussing the current U.S. inflation trends. With supply chain challenges and the rapid increase in demand, the Fed accepted that inflation can no longer be categorized as short term. But with November's non-farm payroll survey highlighting a significant deceleration in job growth. How might this impact the economic recovery? Well, joining us on the line from the U.S., where he is at the moment, is Vernon Young, who is the Stephen Riadi Distinguished Professor in Finance and Strategic Management at NUS. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I look forward to this. Thank you. Wonderful to have you on the show, and I hope you're not too cold where you are in the U.S. at the moment. I'm not too cold, but I have a cold. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we are getting to that time of year as well. So do keep safe. And do keep healthy. And speaking Thank of you. healthy, on Friday, U.S. job growth data for November unexpectedly came in well below expectations with a gain of just 210,000, despite a forecast of 573,000. What does this say about the uh, underlying momentum of the U.S. labor market? Uh, For me, it is not a sign of weakness. Rather, it is a sign of uh, continuous adjustment. We cannot read just one piece of data. We shouldn't Mm -hmm. read uh, multiple pieces. First, we see that there's pretty respectable job growth in professionals and business services. And the decline is really in the face-to-face retail service sector. And yes, indeed, the unemployment growth is less than expected, uh, less than in October, which is uh, about more than double of the record. Uh, But the unemployment rate is continuing to be low. Um, We have to think about in this time, uh, how do we interpret the data? With the COVID, with all the economic adjustments and so on, you would expect that there will be a lot of jobs, which you would expect that the market is not in transition and is not like normal. So if you look at the data, for example, you find that there's a very large resonation uh, from jobs in the age bracket of 30 to 45. And um, less so, but still is uh, a pretty uh, recognizable uh, resonation rate for 25 to 40 and even 45 above, except for the, uh, for those in the 60s and 70s. What does that mean? It really means that many people, and, and, and by the way, many of this uh, resonation, uh, particularly in the tech and healthcare sector. And they're calling so you can interpret- a great resignation as well, aren't they? It's happening not yes. just in the US, but right. globally on the back of right. Right. COVID-19. And, and this is really about this is really about adjustment. You think about the COVID after this, clearly is the case that people um, and uh, professions and work from home, all these arrangements are not like before. In particular, when you look at this 30 to 45, a great resonation, many of them are in the tech and healthcare sector. 
they are moving into self-employment or they are just very exhausted by all the searching work, uh, heavy work during the pandemic time. And, and at the same time, you think about the job, the, the, the job location, reallocation is a way from the face-to-face -face service sector to more of the professional business and more tech. It is really about taking use of the technology a lot more than before. And people who adopt and with the human capital to learn and adopt to the technology have more opportunity than before. So I see the data in the US uh, and in many other places is that the workplace is having a very large scale readjustment. And that is good. Having readjustment is good in this time that we are facing a lot of changes. But with this limited supply of labor plus inflation spreading, what might this mean for the Fed's pivot towards a quicker withdrawal of stimulus then? I think we have to take the macro data in the following way. No doubt that the Fed has injected a lot of liquidity and using the monetary policy to keep up the economy to pump up supply. And no doubt that in this uh, pandemic time, lots of people have forced savings. Well, I know for sure I myself spend less. Um, that now we have all this pent up consumption. So you can think of that the aggregate demand is pushing forward. At the same time, there exists a lot of, uh, like I just said earlier, um, there exists a lot of adjustment that we need to do. So supply is not very elastic. Search in aggregate demand meeting somewhat inelastic supply, particularly adding to that the supply chains uh, clock up and so on and so forth, would see a surge in inflation. So the Fed has a very important job to do, that is to contain uh, inflation, to disallow an escalated inflation expectation. Uh, at the same time, not to discourage the continuous adjustment and recovery. So that is what the Fed is doing. So I personally uh, appreciate uh, what the Fed has done. I think they're doing the right thing. To say that this may not be transitory, ask people to be careful. At the same time, make the promise and deliver the signal that the Fed is going to not let inflation runaway is not going to let uh, is not going to let escalation of inflation expectations to power and just from taking a look at expectations let's talk now about investor expectations because investors are looking to November CPI data which comes out later this week what are the expectations for this I mean will it keep the pressure on the Fed to deliver swifter policy tightening? We have to really see the data a bit more carefully. Some of the changes, some of the inflation is transitory. Some of the, uh, some of the uh, increase in price may be a bit more long-lasting. The supply chain clock up will, will be resolved over time. And energy price and so on will indeed be going up. We need to work hard to differentiate between what is transitory and what is not so transitory. In my opinion, the Fed will have to read the data very carefully, differentiate what is transitory and what is more permanent, and try to enact a monetary policy that will not overreact to the transitory change and that will contain the more permanent change and also to communicate very adequately to the market so that there's no runaway inflation expectations. 
So lastly, I just want to ask you, I mean, we've spoken about inflation, we've spoken about the Fed, but let's talk a little bit about Omicron now, because we've seen this change travel restrictions across the globe. We haven't yet seen it impact economic outlooks for next year. But what are your thoughts? How might this disrupt the U.S. economic rebound? And how should investors factor this in? I think the market has already reacted when the Omicron first came out. We saw the market go down a little bit. At the same time, this is not panic time. Mm. I can say that this is well expected. We know that this pandemic is not going to be over so easily and we know that it will last a bit longer and we know that this uh, new version of the virus especially uh, in the in the in the winter time when we close the the the, the windows and so on and so forth we will know that this uh, we will know that cases will surge. But what is amazing is that we now have great speed and capability in already coming up with ways to test and, and already coming up with ways to deal with the, uh, the disease. So it is about taming our over-optimism, but at the same time maintain our prudent expectations and be poised. Like, for example, in the U.S. today, the market has already bounced back mm. quite a bit. So uh, I think people are very rational about uh, what I like about this uh, the, this uh, ha- episode is that people are very rational. They absorb the information. They know that the recovery will be somewhat delayed, but it's not going to derail the recovery. It is not going to be back like April 2020. And a little bit of setback is good. I would I would say overall, I feel that the market show or the many of the economies show a resilience in absorbing this information. Professor, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. You're most welcome. And thanks a lot for having me on your program. Thank you. We've been speaking with Bernard Young, Stephen Riadi, Distinguished Professor in Finance and Strategic Management at NUS. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.